Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21. Great story. I love this story. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Verse 22, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. That's 490 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him his debt. Verse 28, But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Verse 31. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from their heart. On Sunday mornings we have been looking at the subject of how to get these wounds that we encounter in our life that we receive in life how do we move an open wound due to a hurt and a break and a a betrayal an abuse that we receive how do we move it from a wound to a scar how do we get our wounds healed up and one of the things we often hear I know you hear it I hear it all the time is people will say you know we live in an emotional dysfunctional world The common phrase is something like this. Everybody has problems. Everybody has baggage. How many have ever heard that? Everybody's got baggage. You got baggage, I got baggage. Each time I hear that phrase, everyone has baggage, I picture the baggage claim area at the National International Airport, Nashville International Airport. Anybody ever flown in and out of Nashville? Dozens of times I've flown in and out of Nashville, and I often have to go to the baggage claim area to retrieve my luggage. And to be honest with you, most travelers, most of our travelers, retrieve their baggage and just roll it out. Their bags don't hinder their journey or their life. In fact, their bags carry important items that make their life more comfortable and functional. They have given thought before they took their trip to packing their bags and made sure their bags were not a burden or on their journey. How many of you have flown on a plane and you had your bags lost? Anybody ever had your bags lost? Isn't that a nightmare? And you, and you break nervous. Well, you know, even though most of the people at the baggage claim area 
have it orderly and they know what they want and their bags are not a problem and their bags, they carry things in their bags that make their journey better. Every once in a while I've been down there and there are some people that have more bags than hands. These unfortunate pilgrims wrestled to retrieve their overloaded bag off the conveyor belt. They sling one bag over one shoulder, they grab another bag with one hand, they grab another bag with another hand, and off they go to the parking ride or whatever, and they're pulling up the britches the whole time, and they're stumbling, and they have to stop and catch their breath. Anybody ever been that way? All right. It's the same way in life. We all have baggage. Each of us have bruises. We all have wounds and some things that have been broke. We can get them bandaged up. We can pack them up and get them healed up. Or we can allow those wounds to become irritated, stay infected, and hinder us on our life's journey. In fact, living life without collecting some baggage is an impossibility. Every one of us have baggage. And we've collected some baggage all along the way. And over the years, if you think, living life that you're never going to be hurt, you're never going to have a difficulty, you have been told wrong. There's one reliable truth that I have learned in my 60 years of living. In life, someone is going to hurt your heart. Someone will abandon or leave you. In life, even in church, someone is going to say something very hurtful to you. Count on it. Regardless of how loyal and loving we try to be, someone is going to let us down. Someone's going to stab us. Someone's going to stab us in the back or reject us or lie to us. It's just called life. And when it happens, we should not be thrown down to the point of despair and want to quit everything. It's called life. It happens to everybody. It happens in every city. It happens in every family. It happens at every job. It happens in every school. And get this, it happens in every church. There's no such thing as a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect company. And there's no such thing as a perfect family. It happens to all of us. It's just called life. But here's what I've learned. God, regardless of our hurt, God desires that we be healed. He desires that we be healed. And He desires we be whole regardless of how severe or painful our hurt has been. The children of Israel had rebelled against God. They had intentionally disobeyed God. They had started worshiping false gods and and started uh, intentionally being disobedient to what God's word told them to do and what God's prophets told them to do. And because of it, they were attacked by their enemies. They were, their land was destroyed. Their crops and their possessions were stolen and ransacked. And as Granny used to say, if you make your bed, you got to what? Lie in it. Your Granny said it as well, I see. And to be honest with you, a lot of the difficulty that Israel was encountering was because of their own decisions, their own willful disobedience. 
It's not like somebody just attacked them out of the blue. God said, if you do this, I'll protect you. But if you don't do this, your enemies will overthrow you. Well, they didn't do it, and guess what? The enemies overthrew them. In other words, they made their bed, and they had to lie in it. But then the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, God gives them a promise. After suffering for a while, God says this to them. Look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 26. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 26, God says this. There's coming a day that the light of the moon for your lives will be as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In the day that the Lord binds up the bruise of His people and heals the stroke of their wounds. Notice God says, even though you made your bed and you probably need to lie in it, I say to you, your suffering has gone on long enough. And I want to bring you a day where I'm going to bind up your bruise and I'm going to heal your wound. Now there's some of you today, as you sit here, you have believed because you made an unwise decision. You made an ungodly decision. You knew when you did it, it was wrong, but you wanted to do it anyway. You were intentionally rebellious or you were unintentionally rebellious, but you had that check in your heart, I shouldn't do this, but you went on and did it anyway. You got involved in that relationship. You took that opportunity, and it wasn't God's plan for your life, and you probably knew it going into it, but you wanted it bad enough anyway, and now you're in a mess. And you've gotten involved in the wrong people and you've, you've made some unwise financial choices and it's cost you and you've been treated wrong and you've been treated bad and you've been talked about and it didn't work out. And, and you feel today that maybe I'm reaping what I've sowed, I've made my bed, i got to lie in it, and this is my plot in life. I'll always have second best from now on because I shouldn't have done that. I can't blame nobody but myself. And I want to tell you something this morning. If that's where you are, if you recognize I messed up and I'm getting what I deserved and I'm reaping what I've sowed and I made my bed and I'm going to have to lie in it and I guess this suffering or having second best or living with this pain is just my lot in life. It's that, if that's where you are, the Lord is saying to you this morning, you have suffered enough. Enough is enough. You've suffered enough. Let me, God is saying, let me heal your wound. Let me heal your wound. Let me give you another bright day. Let me start all over with you. You have suffered enough. God wants you well. God wants you whole. God wants you to get past your broken moment. That might have happened five years ago or ten years ago or twenty years ago. God wants you to get past that event where they did you wrong and when they abused you and when they hurt you. God wants you whole. He wants that wound closed up. He wants to do a new thing in your life. And it starts today. But one thing every one of us must do if we're going to get our wound healed is we've got to learn to forgive. Forgive. You just can't, you can't get your wound healed unless you forgive. Forgiveness, forgive and forgiveness is the F word of Christianity. 
It's the F word of Christianity. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a relatively easy word to pronounce, but it can be a difficult deed to do. Whoever said forgiving is easy, they were on smoking something that wasn't a grapevine. Forgiving is not easy. I can almost say with certainty that each of us have been hurt by someone. And as we tell our story to people of how we've been hurt, especially right after we've been hurt, and we need to get it out and we need to tell somebody that we've been hurt and what so-and-so did to us, undoubtedly, inevitably, some crackerjack Christian will come up to you and say, well, you know you're going to have to forgive them. I want to tell you something. When somebody hurts me, the first thing on my mind is not forgiveness. Now, don't look at me like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, I know, I know I'm supposed to forgive them. But I don't want you to tell me that. I want somebody to help pet my pain and and help me treat my boo-boo for just a little while. If we're honest, when we are abused or done wrong, the first thing we think about is not forgiveness. I'm sorry to say it, but when someone does me wrong, the first thing I usually think about is revenge. Pastor, really? Yeah, really. And so do you. I think about getting some old boys from Monterey, Tennessee that I know who are experts in the art of beat you up. They will take you out and smile the whole time they're doing it. It's just human nature. It's the flesh nature to want to respond with like action. When uh, someone yells at you, what do we want to do in response? Yell back. When someone hurts us, what do we, our flesh, want to do in response? Hurt them back. That's just the flesh nature. And here's what we, we, every one of us face this. The daily struggle, the daily struggle that each of us encounter is keeping our flesh nature under submission and allowing the Christ nature which lives in us, on the inside of us, to reign and operate. It's tough when somebody intentionally hurts you It's tough to keep that flesh nature down and in turn want to love them back. Whoever said forgiving is easy, they were drinking something besides sweet tea. Forgiving is difficult. Forgiving is hard. Peter understood that. Notice 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse number 8. Notice what... The Apostle Peter says, he says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Now notice what he says in verse 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Easy for him to say. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and He will grant you 
his blessings. So whoever said, whoever said forgiving is easy, whoever said it was crazy, because forgiving is the hardest thing to do. But as a child of God, forgiveness is not optional. You got to do it. As a child of God, forgive you and I. When as children of God, you and I, if somebody does us wrong, and they're going to do you wrong, remember you can't live life without some, accumulating some kind of baggage. You can't go through life. I don't care how good you are and kind you are. Somebody's going to abuse you. Someone's going to stab you in the back. Someone's going to lie about you and reject you and abandon you. It's just called life. But when they do, we don't have a choice. We've got to forgive them. Forgiveness for the child of God is not optional. You say, Pastor, why? I have a choice. I'm a free, I'm a free will agent. Not if you want to be healed of this wound, you don't have a choice. Forgiveness is not optional. Why, Pastor? This is why. Let me give you three quick reasons. Forgiveness puts an end to the pain of the hurt. If you want to stop hurting from what they did to you, if you want the pain to cease, if you want that moment and that event of abandonment and rejection to go away, if you want that, that wound which just continues to irritate every time you think about it and you relive live it every week in your mind and when you see them, those feelings come flooding back over and over again like it happened yesterday. If you want that removed out of your life, the first thing you and I must do is to forgive them. Forgiveness puts an end to the pain of our hurt. Why should we forgive people? Well, God said you're supposed to. Yeah, I know that. He did say. But why? So you won't hurt anymore. Forgiveness puts an end to the pain of the hurt. There are people in this room right now that I know things happened to you 12 years ago, 14 years ago, 18 years ago. Some of you, some things happened 40 years ago when you were a child and you were still living with the pain of that abuse and that hurt and it's going to continue for as long as you live until you forgive. Forgiveness eradicates the pain of of the hurt. Well, how does that work, Pastor? Well, it's like this. The biblical word forgive means to cancel. It means to send away. It means to remit. It means to dismiss and to release. And when I refuse to forgive people, when I refuse to forgive people, I allow the abuse, the rejection, and the betrayal which occurred in my past to stay present. In my life. Let me say that again. Read it with me. When I refuse to forgive, I allow the abuse, the rejection, and the betrayal which occurred in my past to stay present in my life. But when I choose to forgive someone of their wrong, I refuse, I release that wrong's control over me. Remember, forgiveness means to release, to send away, to counsel. To dismiss. When I forgive someone of their wrong, I release that wrong's control over me. I cancel the abuse's effects in my life. I dismiss the pain from continuing to plague me. And I send away the recurring nightmare of that hurtful event. 
Why do I want to forgive? Because I'm tired of hurting. And as long as I have unforgiveness in my heart, that hurt continues to plague me and control me. But when I forgive, I send it away. It loses its sting. It loses its power and control over my life. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Very familiar passage. Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. What is that, Paul? What's the one thing I do? Forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. Forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. forgetting. Forgetting what is what? Behind. And straining toward what is ahead. One of the errant myths, one of the myths regarding forgiveness is if if you forgive someone, you will forget all about it. How many have ever heard that? If you forgive someone, you'll forget. Has anybody ever heard that beside me? Are y'all with me here this morning? Are y'all going on a picnic here and can't get your mind off of it? Okay. I've heard that all my life. If you forgive someone, you will forget all about it. That's a myth. That's an errant myth. That's not correct. Forgiving and forgetting are two different things. They're not connected whatsoever. Forgiveness, put this one up on the screen, bud. Forgiveness is a decision of your will. Forgiveness is a decision of your will. Forgetting is an exercise of your memory. Did you hear me? Forgiveness is a decision. Forgetting is an exercise. Forgiving is a decision. Forgetting is an exercise. Forgiving is a decision. Forgetting is an exercise. Going to DQ and getting a Butterfinger blizzard is a decision. Working out on the treadmill is an exercise. Okay? They're two different things, and they're not connected at all. You got it? So if you, this lie that is you, that Satan, well, if you really forgive them, you wouldn't think about it no more. Not true. Forgiveness is a decision of the will. Forgetting is an exercise. And you must remember that once you make a decision of your will to forgive, it will take some time and some intentional exercise to get your memory to cause that moment of abuse and brokenness that happened to you to go far into your distant past. It will take an intentional decision of thinking to make an exercise to make that memory go away. Forgiving is a decision of your will. Forgetting is an exercise of our memory. Forgiveness is a decision of our will. Forgetting is an exercise of our memory. Forgiveness takes place instantly. Forgetting is a process. Forgiving takes place instantly. Forgetting is a process. But here's something you and I must remember. Forgetting a painful moment or event will never occur if I don't choose first to forgive. Because if I don't forgive, I don't send the pain away. I don't release the thing's control over my life. 
I don't dismiss the hurt out of my life. See, you can't forget about it and not forgive them. You're going to remember it as long as you don't forgive them. Because if you don't forgive a person of what they've done, you don't release that thing from you. You don't cancel it. You don't dismiss it. And you don't send it away. It's always with you. So if you're ever going to forget it, although it might be hard to do to forget, especially if the pain and abuse has been severe, the harder the pain and the abuse, the more severe the memory. But if you're ever going to forget that painful memory, you first start with forgiving. You must make a decision to forgive. So forgiveness is not optional. For the child of God. Forgiveness puts an end to the pain of my hurt. And here's the second thing. Forgiveness extended results in forgiveness received. Why should I forgive? Number one, I want, I'm tired of this hurt. And to get rid of this hurt and to send it away, I've got to forgive them. And then the second thing is, if I'm ever going to be forgiven, I've got to forgive somebody. Forgiveness extended results in forgiveness Received. Look at Mark chapter 11. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse number 22. Notice what it says. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and not have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, verse 24, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. Verse 25. But when you are praying, first forgive. When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. Why? So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins also. See, why, do I, why must I forgive? Why is it not optional? Because there's coming a day that I need forgiveness. And my forgiveness is directly tied to how much I've forgiven. Forgiveness extended? Results in forgiveness received. Here's one. You know this truth. You know what I'm telling you is truth. You have prayed it for years. This very thing. Where, Pastor? Here you go. Matthew chapter 6. You ever heard anything called the Lord's Prayer? Here's what it says in the King James. Matthew 6 verse 9. After this manner therefore pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, king, thy, will be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12. You've prayed it a dozen times. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness extended results in forgiveness received. Forgiveness is not optional. It's not optional. Number one, forgiveness puts an end to the pain of the hurt. Number two, forgiveness extended results in forgiveness received. And the third reason why it's not optional for us as Christians, forgiveness protects you and me from spiritual decay. Forgiveness, here's the thing, forgiveness, unforgiveness is like cancer. The opposite of forgiveness is unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is like cancer. 
it will spread to other parts of your life. Just like cancer. If I don't forgive, then I'm allowing unforgiveness to stay in me. And unforgiveness is like cancer. If it's not treated, it will spread to other parts of your life. Unforgiveness causes you and I to become bitter. We become sour in our attitude and thoughts about life and people. And I'm going to tell you something else about unforgiveness. You, you just can't keep it to yourself. Unforgiveness not only will destroy you, unforgiveness is contagious. It will adversely camp contaminate other people as well. Have you ever known people who got mad at you, not because you had a difficulty with them, but they heard somebody else tell about their offense with you, and it contaminated them, and now they're mad at you. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I've had people get mad at me, and I thought we were the best friends, but they talked to somebody who had an offense with me, and they took that person's offense. Their unforgiveness contaminated them. So unforgiveness is like cancer. If it's not treated, it will affect every part of your life. But not only will it affect every part of your life, it will contaminate others you're around. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the saddest things to see is to watch children taking a parent's offense and treating people with unforgiveness when nothing has happened to the kid at all. And it's all because... Of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And then here's, um, let me give you a scripture. Hebrews 12 verse 14. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. And corrupting many. Notice what bitterness does. It troubles you. It infects you like cancer. But it also corrupts other people. And then finally, unforgiveness opens the door. Why do I need to... um, it, It keeps you from spiritual decay. Unforgiveness opens the door for satanic influence in my life. Do you realize that if I walk around with unforgiveness in my life, I've got an open door for demons and the devil? Unforgiveness opens the door for satanic influence in my life. Where's the scripture of that, Pastor? Okay, here it is. James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 14. But if you harbor bitter, bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition and bitterness, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Do you realize that when someone offends you, when someone does us wrong, when someone hurts us, when someone says things about us, when someone intentionally abuses us, What Satan is wanting to do is not just to sting you for the moment. Yeah, it stings and it hurts, but that's not his ultimate goal. He's wanting to create a wound in your life and you get filled with bitterness 
Because if you get filled with bitterness, it opens the door of access into your life. The abuse, the hurt, the pain that he did to you, the event, the brokenness, the people that did you wrong, that's a momentary, one-time thing. And that's not his ultimate goal just to sting you. His ultimate goal has, is to have access into your life. And the only way he can have access into our life is us opening the door for him. So he'll bring somebody across our path to hurt us, to damage us, to do us wrong, to abuse us. And if we don't operate in forgiveness and close that wound up, that unforgiveness opens the door for satanic influence in our life. And that's his ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is not to hurt you right now. His ultimate goal is to gain access and influence in your life. That's why it's of the utmost importance to forgive. Unforgiveness sends the hurt away. I'm just tired of hurting. I'm, I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of being harassed by the memory. I'm tired of being tormented by the thought. I'm tired of replaying it over and over again in my mind. So what do I do? I forgive because it sends it away. Unforgiveness extended results in forgiveness received. I know I'm a pretty good guy, but chances are this week I'll probably miss it somewhere. Probably not, but I'm just saying that for the sake of the crowd. <laughs> to make you feel better about your life. So anyway, in all honesty, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do somebody wrong unintentionally. I don't know of anybody that I do wrong intentionally, unless it's a Lutheran softball team. I will do them wrong intentionally. But other than them, I don't know of anybody that I will do wrong intentionally. But I'm not perfect. I'm frail. I'm and I'll say something that offends somebody. I'll say something that hurts somebody. I'll make a mistake. I'll do something wrong. I'll have a bad day and not be as attentive and not be as kind as I need to be. I'll just, I'll just mess up. And I need forgiveness. And for me to receive forgiveness, I've got to extend forgiveness. So I've got to forgive because I'm tired of hurting and I want that gone. And I'm going to mess up, and I want to be forgiven. And finally, I don't want Satan to have any influence in my life. I have a hard enough time keeping the guy out of my life. I definitely don't want him in my life in any way. I have a hard enough struggle keeping temptation away. I don't want him to have any undue influence in my life because I keep unforgiveness alive in me. So forgiveness is not optional. It's mandatory if we want to live a good, blessed life. Stand with me, would you?